is is absolutely insane. This is absolutely predictable. We were obviously heading towards eventually a, a, a disaster of, of this kind. And now all of this direction towards further militarism and, and further violence is obviously not going to lead to anything better because that is exactly the track that got us here. Yep, it is. And no, it isn't. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in California, uh, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, no Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today for, uh, well, what could be a grim edition of the broadcast, I hate to say. I had hoped to do a very different show today, as we had some political news here in the U.S. late last week that I had hoped to cover, including, uh, well, one somewhat amusing story following up on an assertion that I had made about eight months ago while nobody else was making it, which, as it turns out, we have learned based on some new indictments late last week, was actually completely true. But that and uh, some other related stories, uh, including some thoughts on the mess in the GOP House, uh, where there is no longer a House Speaker. So they're pretty much crippled right now until they can agree on one. Uh, All of that will have to wait until another day, hopefully tomorrow. But we will see because for now, well, it was a rough weekend. Uh, In too many ways across the globe, and in particular in the Middle East, we will get to Israel in a moment, but another unspeakable tragedy also played out in Afghanistan over the weekend, even while receiving less attention due to the Hamas attack uh, in Israel. Men were digging through rubble with their bare hands and shovels in western Afghanistan still on Sunday in desperate attempts to pull victims from the wreckage left by a powerful earthquake, powerful earthquakes, plural, in fact, that killed at least 2,000 people. Entire villages were flattened, bodies were trapped under collapsed houses, locals waited for help without even shovels to dig people out. 
A government spokesperson said on Sunday that hundreds were still trapped, more than 1,000 were hurt, and more than 1,300 homes were destroyed. Saturday's magnitude 6.3 quake hit a densely populated area near Herat. It was followed by strong aftershocks. A Taliban government spokesperson on Sunday Spokesman in this case, of course, because it's the Taliban on Sunday, uh, provided the toll that, if confirmed, would make it one of the deadliest earthquakes to strike the country in decades. Desi Doyen, I know you've been watching that story. You had a few more uh, insights to share for the moment on that? Uh, Yes. So um, you had mentioned that there had been multiple aftershocks. On yeah. Sunday, the first earthquake was 6.3. Then the multiple aftershocks at that after that included a 5.1 on Monday evening. Mm. So those have all, of course, hindered the emergency response. And it's apparently unusual in this part of Anva- Afghanistan. It doesn't isn't considered a particularly earthquake-prone zone. Mm. Uh, so transportation routes and communications have all been knocked out. Um, that's also hindering rescue and recovery workers from reaching those hard-hit areas. Um, they said that it. Um, some of these first responders said it took rescuers and local authorities many hours to grasp the full scale of the damage in some of the areas that are more remote, where cell phone service was knocked out and cut off by the quake. And so they're, of course, having shortages of food and water and medicine and especially shelter. Nighttime temperatures can fall as low as 40 degrees Fahrenheit Mm -hmm. this time of year. Um, And also a bigger problem, uh, Salma Ben-Isa, the International Rescue Committee's Afghanistan director, said that Afghanistan is already facing a shortfall in international aid this year. Uh, Donors have been, of course, spread thin by other crises, including the war in Ukraine, and some have uh, tried to help the Afghan government or they've been alienated alienated by its policies. So uh, the Ben Isa said it's becoming more and more difficult to address everything mm. that is happening. And they're really concerned about the harsh winter coming in soon. Well, thank you for keeping your eyes on that, uh, Desi Doyen, our producer. And uh, frankly, whether an earthquake in Afghanistan would get attention from the U.S. media is questionable, frankly, under any circumstances. But given the news out of Israel over the same weekend, well, the lack of coverage in this case is hardly a surprise today. The White House late on Monday says that at least 11 American citizens were killed in the weekend Hamas attacks on Israel. An undetermined number of American citizens remain missing and unaccounted for. It remains unclear whether the missing had been taken uh, hostage, were killed, or were in hiding at this hour. The surprise attack by Hamas on Saturday by land and air and sea resulted in Israel's bloodiest day in decades as fighters smashed through border defenses and marauded through towns, killing more than 900 people. As of this hour, that number is likely to continue rising, uh, and uh, they dragged dozens more into captivity in Gaza. Avi Meyer, the editor-in-chief of the Jerusalem Post, tweeted uh, earlier today, quote, The number of Israelis confirmed dead following Saturday's Hamas terrorist invasion has risen to 800. Given Israel's population, he noted, that's the equivalent of eight 9-11 attacks. Well, now I guess it's the equivalent of nine 9-11 attacks as the confirmed uh, death rate in Israel has risen to at least 900, all of which may help to place all of this into perspective for the 
tiny Middle Eastern nation, if not to, you know, serve as an excuse for an asymmetrical response from them, as Israel has always carried out in response to such attacks and as it has officially declared war on Sunday. As airstrikes on areas of Gaza and its 2.3 million residents are now underway. The attacks already, like the Hamas attack on Israel over the weekend, have uh, resulted in the deaths of many civilians, including women and children, at refugee camps in Gaza. Said uh, Meyer in his tweet responding to the Hamas attack over the weekend, quote, not since the Holocaust have so many Jews been murdered in a single day, describing the assault as, quote, utterly, utterly unfathomable. Now, I note that remark, like a lot of what I hope to share with you today uh, and, and hope that you will share with me as we try to open the phone lines on all of this at 818-985-5735, not because I wish to inflame this situation, but frankly, I wish to inform. My hope is to help all of us, myself included, try to wrap our brains around all of this and understand, if not necessarily agree with, but understand uh, both sides in this horrific and uh, likely to get even more horrific conflict. The, number are, the numbers are expected to change uh, quickly, but as of Monday afternoon, according to Reuters, the militant group Hamas said more than 500 people had been killed in the crowded metropolitan uh, city of Gaza since the attack on Israel on the Jewish Sabbath, coinciding with the Simchat Torah holiday on Saturday. 2,700 have been wounded there, 80,000 displaced in the uh, hundreds of strikes that Israeli warplanes and drones and helicopters and artillery cannon have fired into Gaza in response to the weekend attack. Bloodied bodies were left in the streets of a number of Israeli villages as gunmen are said to have gone door to door, killing and kidnapping civilians in the surprise attack, leaving Israelis terrified and in shock. In the aftermath of the Hamas attack, the White House has asked Senate leaders to fast track confirmation of President Joe Biden's nominee to be the next ambassador to Israel. We don't currently have one as Republicans have blocked Biden's nominate, uh, nomination of the uh, former Obama-era Treasury Secretary and White House Chief of Staff Jack Lew since the departure of our previous ambassador to Israel back in July. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said Sunday he had ordered the Ford Carrier Strike Group to sail to the eastern Mediterranean to be ready to assist Israel. The large deployment reflects a U.S. desire to deter any regional expansion of the conflict, according to AP, but the Israeli government formally declared war on Sunday and gave the green light for, quote, significant military steps, and that's putting it nicely, to retaliate against Hamas. As thousands of people danced at a music festival in an Israeli desert area in the early hours of Saturday, Hamas militants from Gaza descended upon their revelry. Videos show young Israelis dancing to trance music when rockets launched from Gaza startled the revelers. Then gunshots rang out. A total of 260 people were killed at that event, according to, the, uh, to a spokesperson. 
for an Israeli non-governmental rescue and recovery organization. Some people appear to have been abducted, leaving loved ones unsure of their fates. American and British festival goers were also in the crowd, according to Israeli officials and accounts of family members in the media. As noted, my hope is not to inflame this terrible situation any more than it already is. But to inform about what we know, what we don't, what is going on, and what may go on in the days ahead. And I will say right up front here, I will um, likely fail in some respects, as I realize it may be impossible to discuss any of this without inflaming tensions and preconceived biases on all sides. Nonetheless, I think it's my job to try, so I will. If there's anything I know here... Uh, while it may not be much, is that if peace is ever to be found, it is to be found through information. And yes, conversation. And yes, talking. Not through violence. Not through war crimes, which Hamas clearly carried out over the weekend. And yes, as Israel has carried out over many years in various ways. So the war crimes are not going to solve this problem. It is eventually going to be talking, if it is ever going to be solved, through informing, maybe even enlightening. So that's what we'll try to do here. It may not work. I may not be able to. I may miss the mark in this, uh, frankly, impossible situation. But I think it is worth trying, as that is all that you and I have to work with today over our public airwaves, which I invite you to use at 818-985-5735. What is clear writes TPM's Josh Marshall over the weekend. He covers Israeli politics quite a bit over the years. What is clear, he says, is that Israel and the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, and its vaunted intelligence agencies were caught more or less totally unprepared for this attack. The news was filled with reports of civilians calling into media, talking about firefights in towns or even within homes, begging for the IDF or backup and not receiving any. He notes this wasn't one troop of Hamas fighters that made its way into the area. They managed to do it across a whole part of the country in numerous places all at once from the ground and air and apparently also from the sea. The level of surprise is being compared to the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago. But, notes Josh, these attacks are very different in that they do not mark an existential threat to the country itself, unlike the Yom Kippur War. He says there's no proper army here. These appear to be paramilitaries with machine guns and RPGs. But the level of surprise and unpreparedness does have some parallels with that war. Just to place this in geopolitical terms, this is not something that is going to be settled with a brief bombing campaign in Gaza, as we've seen repeatedly since the Israeli evacuation from Gaza in 2006. Those haven't worked, have they? The success of the attacks and the inevitability of the scope of the retaliation is something that is going to shape the region in new and hard-to-predict ways, he says. Mainly, he writes, uh, to say that uh, this takes everything into dramatically new territory. He says, I don't know where that is exactly, but you can be confident that it is not where we have been to date. 
I want to share some thoughts from uh, from some other smart people here, a few uh, Twitter threads from some experts on all of this, both in Israel and here in the U.S. Before we open up the phone lines for your thoughts at 818-985-5735, please note we are once again on FunDrive here at KPFK, our flagship station in Los Angeles. So when you do call in, if you'd like to join me on the air, if you are in our live listening area in Southern California or anywhere around the world via kpfk.org and our web stream, uh, if you do call in, you'll need to hit the number one button, I believe it is, if you are calling to... um, Get on the air if you'd like to talk to me. If you're calling to donate, which I really also hope very much that you will do uh, as as the situation is somewhat dire here still at KPFK, you will want to hit button number two to do that when you call in at 818-985-5735. The phone number is the same in both cases, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, Khalid Al-Gindi of the nonpartisan Middle East Institute wrote on Saturday on Twitter, uh, quote, truly horrible and horrific day for Palestinians and Israelis given massive loss of life on both sides. It's obvious, but sadly still needs to be said attacks on civilians are always wrong, he wrote, regardless of identity of the perpetrator or victim. He continues with some additional thoughts. He says, there's no overstating what a massive intelligence failure this is on Israel's part. Gaza is one of the most heavily surveilled geographic spaces in the world, and Israel controls movement in and out of Gaza. But it's also a huge political failure, he notes. Israel's far-right coalition has touted itself as the government of security. At the same time, Netanyahu has been telling Israelis that a new Middle East and normalized relations with Saudi Arabia was just around the corner and the Palestinian issue was a thing of the past. Not unlike 1973, Al-Gindi notes, that's, of course, the Yom Yom Kippur War, the Israeli political establishment allowed itself to be lulled into complacency and a false sense of security. The unprecedented Hamas operation was designed to shatter that sense of Israeli complacency and triumphalism. It is crucial, he writes, to remember that none of this is happening in a vacuum or out of the blue. This comes in context not just of a 56-year-old Israeli occupation and suffocating blockade in Gaza, but also the deadliest violence in the West Bank in more than two decades. Unrestrained terrorism by far-right Israeli settlers. Regular provocations at the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the most extreme government in Israel's history under Netanyahu. Occupation is structural violence and can only be sustained through ever-increasing repression. Analysts and diplomats have long warned of a major explosion, and here it is, writes Al-Gindi. These events are stark reminders that all the sophisticated weaponry and technology in the world cannot bring real security in absence of addressing underlying causes of conflict, i.e. occupation, blockade, colonization, dispossession, and attacks on Palestinian lives and property. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Anshel Pfeffer of the Israeli newspaper Haaretz 
Uh, he's also a biographer of the uh, far-right Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He tweeted a thread on Sunday saying, quote, 24 hours after Hamas devastating, Hamas's devastating attack on southern Israel. A few thoughts. Everyone is comparing this with good reason to the strategic surprise Egypt and Syria sprang on Israel 50 years ago in the Yom Kippur War. Israel's failure then was due to, quote, the concept The Yom Kippur concept was that Arab armies would not risk another large-scale war with Israel after just being beaten badly in the Six-Day War just six years earlier. But that concept collapsed both then and this time around what he describes as three concepts that have collapsed. Concept one, that Hamas is focused on building its stronghold in Gaza and won't risk another war. Concept two, that Israel's Iron Dome, its massive border fence, and the underground anti-tunnel sensors have denied Hamas most of its routes to attack. Well, that's apparently wrong. Concept three, Israel can, quote, shrink the conflicts with the Palestinians through economic incentives and render it a sideshow. The Palestinians are just a minor nuisance. All three concepts, he notes, collapsed 24 hours ago, according to Pfeffer. Hamas also has a concept, he notes. It's convinced that capturing dozens of Israeli hostages will bring Israeli society to its knees and force the government to release all Palestinian prisoners, making Hamas the top Palestinian movement, toppling Fatah. That concept, he notes, will now be tested. There is one key difference between the Yom Kippur War and now. As Josh Marshall also observed, this is not a war for Israel's survival. It is not facing invading armies. This means that despite Hamas's devastating opening move, Israel can strategize its next move. Sadly, he notes, Netanyahu's government is incapable of strategic thought. One thought about Netanyahu, Pfeffer adds, he's not a wartime prime minister. He did not go to war against Hezbollah and Iran. And in Gaza, he was usually dragged into conflict. Netanyahu tried to ignore Gaza over his many years in office. He never made plans for its future. And after each round of fighting there, he rushed to get back to other matters. Now he will forever be remembered by Israelis for this disaster coming from Gaza. That is now Netanyahu's legacy. The, the um, editorial board at Haaretz, again, a, a lead Israeli newspaper, uh, in its editorial on all of this on Sunday, struck a similarly grim view of Netanyahu's role in all of this, writing, the disaster that befell Israel is the clear responsibility of one person, Benjamin Netanyahu. The prime minister, who has prided himself on his vast political experience and irreplaceable wisdom in security matters, completely failed to identify the dangers he was consciously leading Israel into when establishing a government of annexation and dispossession, while embracing a foreign policy that openly ignored the existence and the rights of Palestinians. Again, this is from a major Israeli newspaper. Netanyahu, they write, will certainly try to evade his responsibility and cast the blame on the heads of the army, military intelligence, and the Shin Bet Security Service, who, like their predecessors on the eve of the Yom Kippur War, saw a low probability of war with their preparations for a Hamas attack proving 
flawed. Flawed. Nice way to put it. They scorned the enemy and its offensive military capabilities over the next days and weeks. When the depths of the Israeli defense forces and intelligence failures come to light, a justified demand to replace them and take stock will surely arise. However, the military and intelligence failure does not absolve Netanyahu of his overall responsibility for the crisis, and he is the ultimate arbiter of Israeli foreign and security affairs. Netanyahu is no novice in this role, nor is he ignorant in military matters. In the past, they write, Netanyahu marketed himself as a cautious leader who eschewed wars and multiple casualties on Israel's side. After his victory in the last election, he replaced this caution with the policy of a fully right government, with overt steps taken to annex the West Bank to carry out ethnic cleansing in parts of the West Bank. This, is also, uh, this also included a massive expansion of settlements and bolstering of the Jewish presence on Temple Mount near the Al-Aqsa Mosque, as well as boasts of an impending peace deal with the Saudis in which the Palestinians would get nothing. As expected, signs of an outbreak of hostilities began in the West Bank, where Palestinians started feeling the heavier hand of the Israeli occupier, writes Haaretz. Hamas exploited that opportunity in order to launch its surprise attack on Saturday. And here, by the way, may be a lesson for the U.S. as we head into another presidential election with the uh, leading candidate of one of the two major parties now indicted in four different criminal cases. That would be Donald Trump, if you're not keeping track at home. Haaretz writes, quote, Above all, the danger looming over Israel in recent years has been fully realized. A prime minister indicted in three corruption cases cannot look after state affairs as national interests will necessarily be subordinated to extricating him from a possible conviction and jail time. That kind of rings, uh, well helpful to take notice of as we head into the 2024 election with a yeah, no presidential kidding. candidate uh, indicted four times, unlike Netanyahu's only facing three indictments. This was the reason uh, Haaretz concludes for establishing this horrific hard-right governing coalition in Israel and the judicial coup advanced by Netanyahu, where he essentially sought to restructure the judiciary so that he could control it. And he could shut down the indictments against him, which is what Israelis have been demonstrating and protesting against for months now in unprecedented numbers. This was also uh, the reason, as Haaretz notes, for the enfeeblement of top army and intelligence officers who were perceived as political opponents to the prime minister. The price was paid by the victims of the invasion over the weekend. Again, that was from uh, Haaretz, Haaretz, the uh, Israeli newspaper, their lead editorial over the weekend in response to the uh, horrific attacks by Hamas on Saturday. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. 818-985-5735. Uh, you can call in on anything you'd like to discuss here. Again, I, I'm hoping 
to inform rather than inflame, even with our callers today. But we'll see how you guys do. 818-985-5735. We are not screening in or out any particular uh, points of view here because, as I said, this all needs to be discussed. Let me hit one more here, then we'll take a break and come back with your calls. This from Shannon French, a uh, Case Western University military ethics professor. She's the director of the International Ethics Center. She tweeted out over the weekend uh, this thread in response to the Hamas attack on Israel and um, and uh, the attack on thousands of innocent civilians. She writes, intentionally targeting civilians is a war crime. It's a war crime when Russians do it. It's a war crime when anyone does it. And yes, it's a war crime when Americans do it. It's always unethical across time, space, and culture. It doesn't matter if you're on the weaker or stronger side of an asymmetrical conflict. It doesn't matter if you're defending or the aggressor. It is never okay. So-called collateral damage where hitting legitimate military targets causes the deaths of civilians is more complicated. It still causes horror, but is within the bounds of a lawful war. She notes there are lots of limitations and issues of proportionality and the lives of troops shouldn't be privileged above those of civilians on either side. Rape, torture, kidnapping, desecration of the dead, etc. are never permitted. You can fight justly in an unjust war and on the wrong side of a conflict, or you can uh, fight unjustly in what would otherwise be a just war on the right side of the conflict. Usually both sides transgress some, but magnitude, extent, and intention matter. She notes when just causes are fought unjustly enough... It undermines the original justice of the cause. This is certainly true when the crimes are systemic and endorsed by leadership as opposed to rogue groups or bad actors. So a side can fight overall justly and in a just cause, but still have some uh, but still have some commit atrocities which they should condemn. But you cannot have the overall plan of attack slash defense include intentionally targeting civilians and or harming non-combatants. Troops can fight with honor on the wrong side of a war, and crimes can be committed by those on an otherwise justified side. Each case should be considered carefully and in context. There are many messy, genuinely gray areas where the best people in the world trying to do the right thing can still make awful mistakes. But, for example, rape is never a mistake. Torture is never a mistake. Aiming directly at known non-combatants is never a mistake. Whatever side you support in whatever conflict around the world, the best thing you can do to genuinely, quote, support the troops under any flag or emblem, is to hope that they will uh, that they will, and encourage them to draw strict lines that they will never cross. When those lines are lost, everyone loses, notes Shannon French, the military ethics professor at Case Western University. She adds a, a P.S. Apparently, she added to the, the thread in response to some of the comments that she received in reply. 
Whereas, by the way, it doesn't seem to be that anything she said is particularly controversial in that thread. And yet, uh, she said, uh, P.S., sad that this, is even, that this even needs to be said, but no, being the victim of war crimes and or atrocities does not make it okay for you to commit them. It's never okay, full stop. Some things are wrong, and they're always wrong. If you think I give anyone a pass, you don't know me or my work, she says. And I'm happy to associate with that work, by the way. And while I'm uh, sharing both uh, news and and analysis today from folks, some of which I agree with and some I may not, I I do share Shannon French's thinking there when it comes to war crimes and attacks on civilians, which is never okay. Whether it's Hamas or whether it's Israel or whether it's Russia— Or, yes, whether it is the United States. But this is a rough day and a uh, rough subject. And, you know, while I I don't necessarily uh, need to agree with you either, when you call in, I'm asking that you do your best to be respectful, whether I agree with you or not. And most importantly, try to inform rather than inflame. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I do know that uh, that request may be uh, an impossible ask, but I do want to try. And and frankly, our callers have uh, happily surprised me in the past along those lines. You can also drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the site still known as Twitter, you can tweet at me. I am the Brad Blog. So if you'd like to ring in on any aspect of this, if you are uh, in our live listening area in Southern California or listening via Uh, The World Wide Web stream at kpfk.org. Please feel free to give us a call, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Hit number one to join us on air or number two to help keep KPFK and the broadcast available over your public airwaves for as long as we can possibly hold out. Let's take a quick break here. We'll get to some of your calls and uh, maybe and or some other stuff. We'll see as time allows or if you don't want to call in on this matter. It looks like a number of you do. 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman and you are listening to The Bradcast. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Going uh, straight to your calls here on uh, the grim events of the weekend in Israel following the attack, uh, the war crimes, frankly, war crimes attack on Israel 
uh, by a surprise attack by Hamas. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number if you'd like to jump in. Let me go to Saeed uh, in Costa Mesa. Hey, Saeed, welcome to the broadcast. Pick me, pick me. You're picked, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, Wow, this is a rarity. You actually, well, this is what's cool about this uh, this Palestinian talk show. About, you're actually talking to a Palestinian. Well, I'm glad to have you here, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, wh- what are your thoughts on uh, what happened over the weekend, Saeed? Well, first of all, I'd like to say uh, glory to God, glory to be to all these soldiers and their steadfastness in this campaign to rid ourselves of this. You know what Israel is, right? It's not Jewish. It's Zionist. Our best fans are Orthodox Jews who agree with us. This is an imposter state, and it's an unholy state. And we've seen how they desecrate the uh, Temple Mount. So your your feeling here is uh, you're happy about what happened this weekend. You're happy about the hundreds who were killed. You're happy. You're, you're cool with the war crimes and so on? happy that it took us 75 years, first of all, 75 years of this occupation. As you readily just admitted, I mean, those crimes that you just made, mm-hmm. ethnic cleansing, I mean, come on, how much people have to take? And these people are Palestinian. They're in Palestine, you know, and we could, Palestinians have roots. It's not like they can go anywhere else. All right. Well, I, mean, I, I do understand. I, I do. I do understand that, Saeed. I uh, am am having trouble uh, supporting your notion that it is okay to kill and commit war crimes, especially against civilians in response. Well, now, Brad, you know I didn't say that, and I understand why you have to say that. But I'm just glad that you're actually showcasing a Palestinian point of view. Yes, we've been under occupation, and you know what happens every day. Do you know why we're here, Brad? It's because the victims were Jewish this time. I mean, just last week, I don't know how many people kill, uh, Israel killed in Syria. Mm-hmm. And they go over here, over there. They start wars in Yemen and proxy wars and all this. Sh- and you never hear anything, not even a peep. All right. I hear you. I mean, just what we did to Syria alone. Oh, my God. You know, and what we, we put Lebanon under blockade right now, economic blockade. You know that, right? Sure. So, all right. It's all part of this. I, I appreciate. Program. All right. I appreciate. They have us, us tongue tied, even. We, they, they even control here. All right, Tide. So all right. And we shouldn't just sign a Thank you. Check. I, 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 I'm not trying to cut you off, but there's a whole lot of people trying to get in with uh, thoughts that match yours and, and others. Quickly. One more thing, Brad. Yes, sir. We have to question this blank check to Israel, and they're already arming, and we wonder why this stuff happened. We're, we're, we're armed to the teeth, and yep. everybody must admit that. And that's pretty much half our budget right there. Well, it's not it's not even close to half our budget, at least not what goes to Israel. But I hear you and I appreciate it. I don't have to agree with you, but I'm glad you're uh, able to make that comment. Thanks, Saeed. Really appreciate the call. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to Scott in Los Angeles. Hey, Scott, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, how are you, Brad? I'm hanging in there. What are your thoughts today, Scott? Well, I, uh, I, I had a thought. Uh, about the the military ethicist that you were talking to, yeah, uh, and and the hard line about never targeting areas where there are civilians present, that that becomes really 
complicated and convoluted when when an opposing partner in war is purposely positioning themselves and their rocket launchers like right in the middle of residential apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. And Israel Israel is in, famous for, through the decades, doing things that other countries at war don't typically do, like dropping leaflets, saying, everybody get out, we're about to drop bombs, uh, because, because of their care about any loss of life. Uh, but, but they're, you know, they're, they're really so, like, like the situation they're finding themselves in right now mm-hmm. is so horrific that, that it seems to me that they're feeling like they just need to go in and flatten like, like every place and, where, and, where Hamas might be. And, and I, one last thing, I think that there, there's also a truism that nobody seems to be able to talk. Nobody's talking about this. The fact that this blockade of Gaza mm-hmm. happened when Hamas came into power. When Hamas was when Hamas was voted into power, that then then a full blockade began because Hamas, as everybody knows who cares to know, has as part of their bylaws the destruction and elimination of the state of Israel. So let me so now a governing power comes in. Go ahead. Yeah, now let me let me hit a few points there, Scott, uh, because you said they 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 send leaflets and in fact uh, supposedly Israel was calling and texting people in uh, in Gaza to warn them to leave because attacks were coming. Then they actually went and and bombed a uh, a, a refugee camp today. But this is uh, 2.3 million people, Scott, in uh, what is said to be the most uh, compacted urban area in the world. Uh, and they're not allowed to go to, to, to go out or, or come in. Where are they supposed to go to when they're sent these uh, very kind leaflets from the air that they should evacuate before they get bombed, even if there's women and children and other civilians there? Where are they supposed to go, Scott? Oh, it's a very, it's a very troubling question. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I presume, I presume there, those those calls and texts are being given, you know, coordinates of of where we're going to hit. Uh, I, I it, look, there is there is no simple answer to this. It's, it it is, it, it always boils down to something. Uh, I've always boiled it down in this way. If if Israel were to completely disarm, just throw every weapon into the ocean, how many minutes would it take before the bulldozers and tanks were rolling in, flatten all of Israel and drive every Israeli into the you ocean? You know, I don't know that I don't know that's a that's a hypothetical, Scott, but you know, I've heard, of course, as you know, you know, many people uh, sharing your uh, your thoughts all of my life. I've you know grown up. I'm Jewish myself. Um, I I support Israel. That said, uh, I don't support indiscriminate killing, and more importantly, it doesn't matter whether I support it or not. It doesn't seem to work. We are here decades later uh, after the establishment of Israel and these uh, these wars, these guerrilla wars, these war crimes on all side are still going on and on. And I uh, I believe that uh, Israel has the right to defend themselves. But attacking a refugee camp in Gaza, is that defending themselves? I, I don't know. I, I can't feel good about that. And all I can do is look back and say, well, you know what, no, whatever they're nobody. doing hasn't been working. 
Nobody, nobody should feel good about that. That's, a, that's an awful thing. I, I want to assume the best in in everybody mm-hmm. and, and presume that there there was some sort of intel that said, okay, something something's happening in that camp. I hope that that's true, or I hope that it was a mistake that it got bombed. Uh, the, yeah. You know, you, you said something. You said something really valid about about the the amount of time uh, that this has been going on. Yeah. Uh, we, we there's a bunch of neighbors there that you know until certain peace agreements were reached with Egypt and now we're on the brink of one with Saudi Arabia. That all of their neighbors have had as a pretty basic edict. They don't have a right to exist, and we need to mm-hmm. we need they need to be eradicated. It, it's very hard to reason. And, and have any sort of peaceful coexistence with someone who, you know, who, who mm. has only one thing in mind, your, well, your elimination. I'm, and and I'm not sure I, that... I agree with you about defense, but... Yeah. I, 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 well, I want to get to uh, some other folks here, Scott. I'm not sure that that is uh, the way the majority of the Palestinians here in question may feel. Uh, that they that they uh, you know want to run Israel out of existence. Period. End of story. But I could be wrong, and I welcome your uh, thoughts on this today, Scott. I, I wish we could go on longer, but I do want to get to some other folks. So thank you uh, for for ringing in today. Greatly appreciated. Eight one eight nine eight five KPFK. Let me go to uh, Barbara in San Fernando Valley. Hey, Barbara, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind? Hi, Fred. Thank you for taking my call and thank you for your program. And I just wanted to say briefly that when there's violence involved, like there is in the Middle East, there's no right. There's nobody involved in with, with violence like this is right on either side, and thank God for the children growing up who can hear about people like Gandhi and Martin Luther King and and artists like Joan Baez and leaders like Susan Chavez, who at one time were, were around to spread the word that peace is the only way you can go, nonviolence is the only way, Thanks. and the madness in the world today that the children have to live with and grow up with. Uh, at least at one time there was a, the word being spread there there was a way of peace and maybe somehow, some way, there'll be leaders like that in the world again. I have no idea what the solutions well, are. You just, just thank you, Barbara. Yeah, you just spread that word. Thank you, Barbara. appreciate that call. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to uh, Marwan in Orange County. Hey, Marwan, welcome to the broadcast. Marwan, turn down your radio if you don't mind. Oh, Marwan. Oh, well, we had to put him back on hold. Uh, 818-985-KPFK. How do I, can you put him back on hold? I'm not good with this phone system after all this time. Thank you. Uh, 818-985-KPFK. Looks like our old friend, uh, Roger is calling in from Minneapolis where it has turned, I understand, has turned cold of late. Hey, Roger, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. What do you think? Well, Brad, um, I, um, have been very saddened um, uh, for uh, most of my life um, uh, by um, the uh, uh, the post Holocaust um, evolution of um, what 
the victims of um, historical um, uh, 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 crimes directed towards them have wound up finding it necessary in many cases to decide to do themselves. Um, uh, I am part of Jewish Voices for Peace um, mm -hmm. and have been an activist for Palestinian rights for over 40 years mm -hmm. now. Um, and um, I um, um, have surveyed the news media um, a bit, uh, which something is something I really don't enjoy doing. Um, once again, the presentation of the situation is is certainly a catastrophizing of what has happened with this uh, 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 probably rather short-term military action on the part of the Hamas organization. Uh, and I'm sure that what will ensue is uh, yet another demonstration of um, the uh, usefulness of uh, 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 military force to solve problems, even though it doesn't. Um, right. I am a, a firm adherent to nonviolent principles, which makes, um, I loved your setup today. Uh, however, Dr. French, uh, I take strong dispute with, I, 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 because the very notion of just war is, I find reprehensible. Mm. Um, and okay. uh, with regard to a possible long-term solution for this, yeah. um, I advocate for the establishment of actual democracy in Israel and the establishment of a one, uh, a, a single state with everybody being uh, um, uh, Israeli citizens and having democracy there mm. and then letting people work it out. Thank you. Apartheid is not a solution and the oppression of people and putting them in little kettles that you bomb them in, eventually if they're able to claw any kind of power to themselves, they're going to hit back. Yep. Uh, it's just inevitable and it's all so tragic Meanwhile, I, my Jewish brothers, please, let's figure out a way to um, act nonviolently and establish democracy. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Always good to hear from you, sir. 818-985-KPFK. Do we want to try Marwan again this time? All right, we'll, we'll see if we get this right. Marwan, welcome to the broadcast. We only got a minute or so here. So uh, what's, what do you think? Yeah, I'll try my best. Uh, so, Brad, uh, thank you so much for this. Uh, I just want to let you know that I'm Palestinian, too. And I heard mm -hmm. this Palestinian person talk, calling earlier. Mm -hmm. I disagree with him completely. Mm. Uh, I believe um, I condemn all violence on both uh, both sides. Thank you. Uh, I don't want to mention name, but I do condemn it. Thank you. And I think the only solution, the two-state solution, is not viable or feasible anymore. The only solution left is a one-state solution, solution with democracy, true democracy, with equal rights for everybody, just like the caller before me uh, stated. There is no other way. Uh, there is no way you can establish a Palestinian state at this point, uh, independent, because Israel has made that uh, option impossible. So the only solution left is a one-state solution, for everybody to have equal rights and enjoy the, the land, a Christian, Muslim, and Jewish. And a lot of people, I personally have Jewish 
Christian family, uh, and they agree, and they, and this is exactly what uh, the only solution left. Just Thank to make, uh, uh, again very quickly, uh, the, the the I don't want to get into the details how things started and how how long this has been going on. Everybody can do a simple Google search and understand the history of Palestine and Israel and how Israel came to existing. Thank. Uh, there is uh, there, here, Brad, and maybe you're aware of this. We cannot continue this. Uh, 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 the, the, the other option for Israeli and Palestinian is to have an all-out uh, war and a proxy war that uh, just what's happening right now in Russia and, and, uh, and uh, Ukraine. Yep. And if you ask any Ukrainian family or, or, or person, how do they feel about the war right now in, in Russia? And, and again, I'm against both. Uh, I'm not uh, pro any, 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 and I don't support yeah. any violence from anywhere. But if you speak to any Ukrainian person, they will tell you, we made the biggest mistake to get to this proxy war. This is a mm. proxy war between the U.S. and Russia, and mm. Ukraine are paying the that's, price. Marwan, that's a fresh can of worms that we're going to have to open up on another day, I'm sorry to say. I do appreciate no, your call, but I've only got a minute or two left here. So thanks, Marwan. I really appreciate thanks. you hanging in there, and, and I appreciate your call. Thanks uh, for everything you guys do. You bet. Thank you, sir. All right, let me go to, do I have time for one more here? I think I can do uh, Freddie and then maybe Mo. Hang, stand by, Mo. We'll see how fast Freddie is. Hey, Freddie, uh, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Very quickly. Uh, happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, the Palestinian people Thank you. are the indigenous people of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some Jewish people who, you know, are, are descendants of indigenous peoples. Most of them, however, came from places like Europe or the United States. And so the ongoing war crime is the occupation of the Palestinians' land. And I agree with uh, the last couple of callers that it's going to take a one-state solution. So it can't be a Zionist state or an exclusively Jewish state. It has to be a state of all of the people, uh, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, and that is the way to peace. And anything else is just going to prolong uh, the violence uh, that we're seeing now. And again, as someone else said, the violence that we're seeing now, it's been going on for decades. Yep. This is just the latest iteration of it. And um, thank you. Thank you, Freddie. I, I really do appreciate that call. Uh, all right. Do we have, we can get, uh, I think we can get Mo in before. Uh, what kind of broadcast would it be without Morris? Uh, let me go to oh, Morris in Long Beach. What do you got for us, brother, here at the end of the hour after a horrific weekend? If you're talking war, Bradley, you're talking a racket. That's all I want to tell you. War, war is a racket. Got That's it. it. Bradley. Behave yourself. <laughs> I'll do my best. Thank you, Mo. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate everyone who called. Do I do I have uh, does do we, what? What are you trying to say? I, I can do one more. You have time for one more. Okay, which uh, Pam in San Bernardino? Very quickly, uh, Bernardino. Uh, Pam, very quickly. Welcome to the broadcast. Give me your uh, best twenty or thirty seconds, please. See. She's not even there. We should have never gone to her. Uh, Mike can do 10 seconds. Hey, Mike, you got 10. Go, brother. Oh, they're all giving up. See what happens. Am I here? There you go. You're there now. Quickly, 10 seconds, my friend. Uh, love of God means more important than, than sectarian discrimination. The love of God means more than anything else. Well done. That was... That. 
That was 10 seconds. Smartly done, sir. All right. My thanks to everyone who uh, called in that we could or couldn't get to. Uh, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our board operator, the great Wendell Handy, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Mastodons, I am the Brad Blog. I really do appreciate the uh, the conversations that we are able to have here today with so many of you uh, on a ridiculously difficult topic. So thank you for that. Thank you for working with me. And uh, hopefully we can get back to, uh, well, the normal amount of crazy in the days ahead. We'll see. All right. That's it. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. You're listening to the Bradcast. We are 100% listener-supported thanks to listeners like you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate.